You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. The views and thoughts expressed on this topic is solely of our own and does not represent any university, school system, organization, chapters of organizations, affiliates, association, and any other entity with relation to the subject. Welcome to the Backports Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. Uh, we're going to actually talk about uh, HBCUs. For those who don't know what HBCU is, it's historically black college and university, uh, in particular sports in HBCUs. Uh, with the uprising and protest happening in our country today, and frankly, uh, racial under and overtones over a period of time, HBCUs have become more and more researched with serious considerations of attending by students and their parents. How do I know? Well, I'm a proud alumna of Florida A&M University. Uh, I've gone to more college fairs than I can count, uh, and I've talked to students and parents about the university and the college experience on this campus and other HBCU campuses. Uh, I've been on panel discussions as well, even had talks with potential student athletes. Uh, emphasis on students as I guide the athlete side to the athletic department. Again, with the unrest and uprising across the country and those uh, really even around the world, those unrest have actually come to college campuses. Uh, HBCUs, again, are attractive to bright students wanting to be challenged educationally and wanting an opportunity to thrive in an environment that allows them to do so. Uh, prime example, November 9th of 2015, then University of Missouri President Tim Wolf resigned following protests and strikes over his handling of racial incidents on campus. The football team used their power and influence to bring attention to the issue, along with a grad student that went on a hunger strike, and his name was, or is, Jonathan Butler. Uh, just like students are having more interest in the HBCUs, so are student athletes. Uh, and there are many, many examples recently of students heavily considering being pushed by pro players to attend, or they're outright transferring to HBCUs. So again, we're going to highlight HBCUs on, on today. My alma mater, Florida A&M University, officially known as FAMU, uh, recently announced the move to the SWAC conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, for the 2021 season. For those of you who, who uh, may not know who's in the SWAC conference, uh, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State, Grambling State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley, Prairie View A&M, Southern University, Texas Southern University, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, just to name few in that conference. Uh, and so this is going to be a just a treat when we do move over to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Right after we announced that we're going to move to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, our rival, state rival, Bethune-Cookman University, 
uh, decided to follow suit and uh, move over to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So there's going to be a, a full-blown uh, classic, it feels like, every single week. Now, one of the things that uh, I need to make mention here is that the Florida Board of Governors, who is re- re- who's really responsible for the Florida uh, school system, has been on uh, Florida A&M University, my alma mater again, for some time regarding budgets. And I would just say this too, and this is just across HBCU uh, land or just HBCUs in general, and where at times HBCUs have to rob Peter to pay Paul. So at times they have to shuffle money around in order to uh, come even on the budget. Uh, so with this move to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, it's going to really save our athletic department upwards of $400,000 annually on travel expenses alone. Now, that is a significant amount of money for an HBCU in, in general, but especially for an athletic department. Uh, and again, we're currently in the MEAC conference. So the MEAC stands for a Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Uh, and we have a lot of uh, schools in the MEAC conference um, that are primarily focused in the uh, on the eastern uh, portion of the United States. So we're looking at Howard and in Washington, D.C., we're looking at Maryland Eastern Shore, Morgan State, Norfolk State, um, who recently actually kind of got out, but South Carolina State, North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T. You have these universities, and again, Bethune-Cookman, Coppin State, Delaware State. And at times when our student athletes would have to actually travel, they would have to travel 12 to 14 hours uh, to uh, some of these schools to go ahead and compete. And that's 12 to 14 hours one way. When you're talking about HBCU not having a huge budget, um, yes, sometimes there have to be long bus rides. And that's what our student athlete, athletes typically go through when they have to uh, compete at these schools. Uh, so, Danny, 12 to 14 hours, that's a long way. Man, that's a long- by the time you get off the bus, you're so tired and stiff. And you just have to respect that for them to go through that and travel and be able to perform at a high level and then get back on the bus and head back home. And and then head back home, man. And not only that, but as a student athlete, emphasis on student, you're out the classroom. Yes. You're out the classroom for a period of time. So not only are we we looking at this from a a monetary uh, or financial uh, point of view, but just from a student point of view, being out the classroom, I mean, so moving to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, I mean, there was a lot of um, things that was looked into. We actually had a consulting firm to really look into it, uh, come up with the analysis and come up with recommendations. And this was the recommendation to move to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Now, there are other conferences that we could have moved to. Prime example, Hampton University is leaving the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, uh, or excuse me, they, they have already left the Eastern Athletic Conference in 2018. Uh, they left for the Big South Conference. Uh, North Carolina A&T, which is considered the largest uh, HBCU in terms of student enrollment uh, in the country. And one thing to keep in mind, Florida A&M University had that uh, designation for decades on, upon decades. But North Carolina A&T leaves the MEAC in 2021 for the Big South Conference. So 
with our move to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, uh, it's going to come at a time where we have the opportunity uh, to save costs on travel expenses, more potential for apparel deals and TV deals. So yes, you have the ESPN aspect, but then there's also uh, opportunities for regional and local TV deals. I mean, wouldn't it be cool to kind of have a SWAC network? Um, there's many times over where you see SEC network or the ACC network or the Big Ten all, network. All the big conferences have them. They all have them, and they're getting paid off of it, man. Yes. So why not, you know, for the SWAC conference? So there's ample opportunity there for us to uh, really profit uh, off of this move. Uh, and let alone, I mean, the travel to these uh, schools is significantly less in this conference than it is in the, in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. So this is going to be a great opportunity, not only for uh, the student athletes, not only for saving costs on travel expenses, but also for the alumni base who are really in, who are also in the, in this part of the country. And there have, they have opportunity to attend the games. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, the FCS football attendance, the Southwestern Athletic Conference has been ranked number one. And at one point, they were ranked number one, 40 out of 41 years. Ranked number one. Yep. The one time that they weren't ranked number one was when Hurricane Katrina hit. So a natural disaster Bounced them off of being the number one uh, ranked conference in the terms of attendance. Man, that's revenue back into the university, let alone the opportunity to have that, uh, to have the pageantry, to have the tradition along with the HBCU band uh, at halftime and even in the fifth quarter. Uh, for those of you who, who don't go to HBCU, the fifth quarter is at the end of the games and where the bands go ahead and you know, go ahead and compete a little bit more, whether it's in the stands or on the field. That's the fifth quarter. And that's the pageantry. That's going to a classic game is an event. It's an yes. event. And now we're going to have the opportunity to have that event every single week with upwards of, what, 15, 20, 30,000, 60,000 fans. Um, that's a lot of fans. A, a huge classic. I'll give you an example here. I went to the uh, Orlando Classic. Uh, between Florida A&M University and Bethune-Cookman uh, University. Going to that classic, man, I mean, it was a sight to see. It was a sight to see, man, where you had about 50,000 or so fans uh, in the stands, and it, it felt like another 50,000 on the outside, uh, barbecuing, uh, tailgating, uh, the whole nine, man. This is a beautiful sight to see, man. And you gonna have really want to have that opportunity to have something like that every single week. If now more revenue is coming in the door, and the revenue is gonna be split uh, between the schools, uh, no third party in the middle, you know, trying to get a percentage of it. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. When you think about 
HBCUs. And I think this is where we want to get into, Danny, is about the facilities. Mm-hmm. Facilities at HBCUs can be a problem. And what I mean by that is it can be a problem in terms of recruiting those five-star athletes and, and looking at football and basketball. But in, in recruiting these five-star athletes to an HBCU, when they come on a visit, one of the things they want to see is how are the facilities? Yep. You have a practice facility because that's the thing now. All the colleges are having these building these college, I mean, these practice facilities that are just as nice as the arenas they're playing in. Man, it's crazy, man. I mean, you got practice facilities, like you said. Weight room. The weight room. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. I remember going to the Ohio State University against the Florida A&M University, my (laughs) alma mater. And for those who don't know, I I would say I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and as I went there, I was going on my way to the game. I would never forget, and this is a story that I wasn't anticipating telling, but let me go ahead and tell it anyway. So the night before the game, I, you know, uh, was in the bar having some drinks, and I was talking to folks, and and they were like, listen, you're telling me what's going to happen the next day. Now, the game started at about 12 o'clock, and they were like, listen, if you don't leave the hotel by 9 a.m., you're late. And I was like, man, what the, are you serious? And he's like, if you don't leave by 9 a.m., you are late. So I took heed to that advice and I went ahead. I got ready early in the morning, went downstairs, um, got, you know, a little breakfast, whatever, and exchanged pleasantries with um, the Rattlers in the house, uh, wearing the orange and green. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I was told, if I don't leave by nine o'clock, I'm late. So I left. I had to be about a quarter to nine. <laughs> okay. Because I was tired after, you know, yeah. having a good night. You know, I was like, I want to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, and we all, when we uh, met the night before again, and we had, we game plan where we're going to meet uh, collectively. And then we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go in together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I leave. And I drive towards the stadium and I see where I need to exit. And I'm about two miles from the exit. And I'm in line to get off of the exit. Yes. <laughs> this would have been about by now. It was like my, maybe about 930. Yeah. This was 930 in the morning, man. <laughs> and so by the time I finally get the exit, I was like, okay, at this juncture, I just want to kind of park anywhere because the way they had a section off it was like okay i see the stadium yes but i need to go ahead and park because i you know i don't know everything else was all was already blocked because you know how the police officers yeah. guide you mm-hmm. to a certain areas so they got me to a certain area i parked uh, danny i walked get out the car i'm wearing my orange and green I was exchanging some pleasantries with some Ohio State fans. <laughs> Definitely exchanging pleasantries with them. And as I was walking, I'm like, man, what is this? So I'm walking by tennis courts, plural. I'm walking by practice soccer fields, plural. I'm walking past practice football fields, plural. 
Then I get to the track and I see uh, Jesse Owens statue. And so I, I did have to stop, snap yep. picture of the statue, you know, because I was like, man, this is, this is something else. But then I see the tracks. Then I see the baseball fields, plural. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Just the number of fields and practice fields that they had um, all the way to the stadium. This is all my way to the stadium. So I'm walking. I keep walking. I'm, I'm, I'm walking about a half hour. I had to walk about a half hour just to get to the stadium. I get to the stadium. I'm like, man, this is immaculate. This is absolutely beautiful. I, I mean, it's better than some NFL stadiums. And I get there and I'm like, okay, I'm still not all the way there because there's a, um, another kind of like clubhouse where my understanding is uh, they hold all the trophies in this clubhouse. And so I'm like, man, this is absolutely crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so as I'm walking to the, to the stadium, man, I'm like, this is like uh, the Romans used to go in and fight in, in, you know, in the stadium or whatever. I was like, man, this is absolutely, it's absolutely gorgeous. I have to admit that. And then, you know, we got trounced. 70 did nothing um, or what have you. Um, But the point is, but I would say this, obviously Ohio State was ranked like number one in the country. Mm -hmm. We're in a totally different division. And that was uh, a big payday for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are many, many HBCUs that who have had to play these games, these big payday games, in order to just get some money, in order to balance the budget in their athletic department. We knew that going in that, yes, it was going to be a bloodbath in terms of the final score. Um, but the prayer was that everybody would come out injury-free. But again, all for the payday. Now, for us to go into the Southwestern Athletic Conference, there have been many that have already stated that this conference, the way that it is constructed in terms of the teams that are in here, the universities that are in there, this is really similar to that of the SEC Conference, the South, uh, Eastern, uh, Southeastern Conference, and with, with Alabama and uh, who else? Uh, Florida. Auburn, Georgia, some of these other big schools, what have you. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Southwestern Athletic Conference is comparable to that in terms of the competition. Uh, obviously, it's a division, division below. That competition is going to be something else to behold. And again, the money in all is going to really flow, I believe. So there's great opportunity here. Uh, anything you want to say about the facilities? Yeah, I think that as we're looking at these upcoming recruit, that's the key, right? So it's facilities. How much am I going to be on TV? How in the marketing aspect? If you look at it from a football and basketball, those are the sports we're talking about right now. Even eventually to the other sports, because if you have your own channel, then you can be showcased more than just if you can make a prime time game or a game on like an ESPN one, two or three or Fox sports or whatever the case may be, whatever channel. But if you look at this, gives them an opportunity to level the playing field. If some of these 
five-star recruits start coming in because that means there's more eyes watching. So if you think of a Zion, um, using him as an example, if he went to an HBCU, imagine how they have been clamoring to see him no matter where he went, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you went to a power conference or an HBCU or whatever, they just want to see him. The fans want to see him. He's a talent. So same can be said for these upcoming recruits, these five stars, if you want to use them. If they're at an HBCU, fans are going to see them play, which helps the HBCUs pull in more money, more revenue, which then also primes them up for these big tournaments. There you go. There you go. Yep. Because then you have the NCAA tournament where these schools make it and they make a run that brings more exposure to the school, which then brings not only student athletes, but students because they want to be a part of something. You start, you start creating the story, the narrative. So I think it's a great opportunity and for maker maker um, to commit two or three weeks ago to Howard mm-hmm. and him calling out, other five-star recruits to follow suit, it can impact the game positively for the HBCUs to bring the revenue and then build them up, build their brand. So there are enough scholarships to go around everyone from HBCU or not, but then it just gives them more exposure to possibly build those better facilities, pull in better uh, advertising, marketing, all the business aspects, which then in turn helps them um, long-term. And to add to that too, um, and I'll just say this, everybody has listened to the disclaimer uh, at the top of the uh, our, of our program here. Uh, and I'll just say this, when we talk about the facilities, and earlier we mentioned about um, robbing Peter to pay Paul, okay? Oh, I think there are two, two things to add to that. One, back in the early 90s, the state of Mississippi it was ruled that they had to actually pay the state's HBCUs about $500 million over a period of 30 years. And that was to amend for generations of racist and segregative uh, policies, which stunted the expansion of these HBCUs. Now, let's think about that for a moment. $500 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other case um, that uh, I think it's, it's worth really noting here is in the state of Maryland. And they were just, well, excuse me, the state of Maryland was sued by the HBCUs in, the, in that state, right? And so what happened was they were, were ruled, meaning the state of Maryland have actually got to pay the HBCUs about $577 million. Now, the new governor, uh, to my understanding, doesn't want to pay the full $577 million. And mm-hmm. he wants to just really just uh, give a portion of that and call it a day. My point in, in really uh, stating this, and you, you all can Google this uh, yourselves. Uh, it is out there. It's public knowledge. Uh, my point in stating this is that that's a boatload of money. Now, is it enough? Personally, I don't think so. Uh, but that's what, it, you know, they were awarded. And when you think about the HBCUs having to rob Peter to pay Paul, if they were, if they had that money at that time, they would not have had to rob Peter to pay Paul much just like over the course of 30 years or even a course of a few years. And just imagine if we, if we were had the opportunity to have 
the money, the dollars and everything funneled in through sports. If we had the facilities back then, what could, what five-star athlete, four-star, three-star athlete could we have gotten if our facilities were halfway as nice as they are right now? So to that that point, Jason, another mm -hmm. thing too, if you think about it is even like coaching, for example, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So top level coaches may have considered an HBCU because then they had the facilities to work with, they had the athletes to work with. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So uh, let me just say again, I'm a proud alumna of the Florida A&M University, officially known as FAMU. And I I love HBCUs. Um, I am truly excited about our move to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Obviously, the competition uh, is going to be on a different level, but I'm really looking forward to the possibilities here of the money, the the funds generated off of our pageantry and really just uh, being a part of a number one ranked conference in the FCC in terms of attendance. I don't think folks is giving that enough, enough press and the opportunity there to really expose our brand even further. I mean, our brand is one of the top notch uh, HBCU brands and just, we do have one of the top brand HBCU brands uh, in the country. Uh, and this is one, I believe going to uh, further it even more, uh, especially as we win championships in this conference. And I can second what Jason said, too, about the atmosphere of an HBCU game. So some of you from the Midwest area heard the Circle City Classic in Indianapolis. And you just, you're there, and it's just live. And like Jason said, with the bands and everyone repping their school. They may not be repping their school. They're just there just to kick it. <laughs> but, but it's just the whole atmosphere and ambiance of, What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. So if you've never been to a game, definitely suggest it. I don't know when will fans will be able to go back to a game due to COVID right now, but just to experience the bands and the atmosphere, fans, and it's amazing. And the tailgating, yes, all that stuff. And I would just say, let me just add here: uh, it was just announced today that the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference has canceled fall sports for this season. Uh, so that definitely includes football. Uh, and this is all due to the uh, pandemic. Thank you, COVID-19. Uh, but it's the right choice, in my opinion, um, health over everything else. So uh, your health is your wealth. So uh, I definitely agree with the move to cancel, especially uh, as the numbers of positive tests increases in the South, uh, especially in Florida. Uh, I think this was a safe move and it was the right move. Next year, the next time we play football, it's going to be in the SWAT conference. And um, here's to uh, future championships. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.